Hey, welcome to Conversations on the Co-Mission, a podcast where we're talking about the topics, the trends, and the issues and missions that impact both the missionary and the churches that partner with them. My name is Tony Balava, and with me is Stephen Madoff. Well, hello there once again, Tony. It's always good to spend this time talking with you. You know, before we even get into our topic, I I just want to express it's fun always planning these topics mm-hmm. with you, going through it. If we could only record all the conversations we have in the lead up to the actual recording, that would actually be kind of fun for folks, I think. It might be scary for folks, too. <laughs> but I think we we really have a great topic at hand today. And in fact, I think it's going to be a two-part conversation. So this is part one yeah. today. And then we'll have a second part, which right. is not usual for our style of podcasting, but this is uh, this is one of those yeah. ones where we're going to break down mm-hmm. into that format. Mm-hmm. It really is going to take us at least two episodes to talk about this, and and it is, um, you know, how do you plan for a great missions conference and looking for God to bless in that missions conference, carrying out the Great Commission through the local church. You know, so this first episode, we're going to talk about from the pastor's perspective and the local church, and what does that local church do to prepare for a Great Missions Conference other than just schedule it and put it on a calendar? (laughs) Then the next episode, we'll come back, and from the missionary's perspective, what do you do to make sure that that church has a great missions conference other than just show up for missions conference. So, (laughs) If it could only be that easy, right? (laughs) Well, I think there's definitely a lot of things, and and, we're going to take kind of some of those things to consider about when when the planning of a Mm -hmm. conference and things that just the church has to figure out as they organize and Mm -hmm. put it on their schedule. But without a doubt, before we can get into any of those kind of nitty-gritty things, I think— it goes without saying, but it's it's so important to mm-hmm. be said that the number one ingredient regarding any missions conference, the execution of it and the planning of it, has to be prayer. Absolutely. It has to be prayer. There's mm-hmm. so so much that we could do, but boy, we don't want to just put man's efforts into it. It's mm-hmm. We want God to work. We want God to work in our churches. We want God to work in the, in the hearts of people. And that's only going to be because of prayer. Absolutely. Yeah. And and not only that, not only do we want God to work, we want to see Satan's work hindered. Mm-hmm. And and it has really been my experience, uh, both as a missionary attending conferences and just observing and talking with pastors during the conference of things that happen during the conference. And then also being a pastor of a local church and knowing firsthand what's going on behind the scenes during missions conference that Honestly, for us, it seemed like Satan attacks Missions Conference full force, harder than almost anything else through the year. You really have to be spiritually prepared for that. You know, as we talk about like world evangelization and trying to get people to submit their wills to God as far as mm-hmm. whether they will go or whether what they will give and just kind of be willing to give unto the Lord in whatever fashion— that is a shaping of our hearts, mm-hmm. and that's only something that the Holy Spirit can do because we don't want any missions conference to be emotional manipulation, mm. guilting people to give, right. um, just high-pressure sales in a sense. Yeah. We have a goal. You better reach that goal or else. Right. None yeah. of that. We want God mm-hmm. to work, and yeah. I think that's the best conference is when a church mm. just says, Holy Spirit, work. Work in us as individuals. Work in in all that we have and all that we do and all that we're putting on. 
to create mm-hmm. that environment for God yeah. just to speak to us. Yeah, and Missions Conference isn't just about the giving part in the sense of finances. It is at Missions Conference time that a lot of people will surrender their lives to go to the mission field, and we want that. And that really is only going to happen through a lot of prayer and spiritual preparation because you don't want people to make an emotional decision about going to the mission field. It's easy to watch the slides, hear a missionary relay their burden, listen to all the missionary stories through the week and the preaching. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody says, wow, I think I'm called here or there. And one of the things that we believe firmly at BIMI and uh, we teach at Camp Bimmy very often with our, our students that come in is that you really need to know that you're called to missions. And and if you're not, that's okay. Do what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of people have this romantic idea about going into missions, and it's, it's a terrible mistake for everybody involved. So the spiritual aspect cannot be neglected in any way, shape, or form if you're going to have a great missions conference. So that is first and foremost. Mm-hmm. But then there are some other things I think that a pastor or a missions committee has to just kind of work through mm-hmm. uh, as far as what are we going to make our what are we going to have make our conference look like i think one thing just to start off with is are we going to have a missions conference mm-hmm. or are we going to have a missions month mm-hmm. just to explain the difference there mm-hmm. missions conference usually is a very condensed set of meetings you know typically sometimes uh, three or four day meetings, Sunday to Wednesday, Wednesday to Sunday, or even a week long. And, mm. and we're going to talk a bit about that as well going forward. That kind of condensed meeting or missions month where every service, whether it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then Wednesday, for an entire month of services, you have missions in, missionaries in, missions presentations, right. and the services all kind of mm-hmm. focus in around that time. Yeah. I, I would tend to think Missions Month is becoming more of a trend, I mm-hmm. guess if I could say. Uh, I used to not hear of it as much, but I definitely hear more of it now where where there's a an idea to go like, hey, let, let this stretch out every over all the Sunday services for the month. Mm-hmm. We have a different missionary come in or, or all the services mm-hmm. versus compared to what when I was on deputation um, beforehand many decades ago, <laughs> ages ago. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's definitely, it does seem like there is that trend towards Missions Month, and there's a spin on that even. Do you have a missionary in just on Sunday mornings, and then you're back to your regular services Sunday night, Wednesday night? Um, Is it Sunday nights? Is it Wednesday night? Is it all the services like you mentioned? You know, from my perspective, uh, to do the Missions Month, it's just so hard to keep people's attention through that month to keep them motivated through that month, to keep them excited about about that one topic for the whole month. For better or for worse, we live in a culture where people's attention spans aren't very long any longer. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's just been, maybe it's just personal preference, maybe it's just personal experience. It's been my experience that um, I've seen God work in maybe, I don't know if I can say greater ways, but uh, I've seen him work in, in really tremendous ways in those missions conferences where it's condensed and you bring the church together. Uh, and, and that's a topic of conversation. Do you do it Wednesday through Sunday? Do you do it Sunday through Wednesday? Do you do it Sunday through Sunday? And, um, you know, in Arizona, we tried a couple of those. We found out what worked best for our church and what worked best for our people. I have been a part of a missions month before that was super successful. Mm-hmm. I remember it was a church I attend here in Chattanooga, 
And the first time I ever been through a missions month mm. was done at my church. And I, I will readily admit at first I was very hesitant and sort mm. of negative about it. Like, oh, mm. this isn't going to work. That first year, I don't know what it was. Maybe we just prayed a lot more. Maybe I was more <laughs> submitted, ready for the Lord mm. to work. But boy, it was high energy and uh, just a great spirit and focus on mm. missions that entire month. Mm-hmm. And I just came out of that month charged up the entire time. Mm. Our church then did it two other times after. And I will readily admit that I went into it then really excited because of what my <laughs> previous experience yeah. just happened to be the year mm-hmm. before. But there just was something missing. Yeah. I, I remember got to about week two and a half, you mm. know, that Wednesday service, and it was just sort of like, Oh yeah, this is still going on. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, they were a missionary, and I I don't I can't put my finger on what made the difference. I think mm. the church probably put the same effort into it. I'm not going to put any blame on them in any way, but it just it lost steam in yeah. my heart. Mm-hmm. And then the second time they did it again, it lost steam in my heart. So I do see that there is a great impact that can be had on a very condensed, mm-hmm. you know, Sunday through Wednesday or however many days you're going to do a conference. Because it's like camp week. If you ever been to a camp week, yeah. you have those first services that just kind of the preacher's doing it. And it kind of works in your heart. But usually at a camp week, it's always almost that Wednesday of when all of a sudden you really begin to see things just break loose because right. there's a constant bombardment. And I use that way in a, a word in a good way of the word of God into your mind and your heart and your and your thinking, and it it has an impact. And it has an impact to help you respond. And so that continual, uh, in the very forefront of your mind, scriptures and the goal of missions and the heart of missions, I think happens, it can be very powerful in a condensed time. Mm-hmm. Not impossible in a month, but I just, and for my take, since this is my podcast that I get to be a part <laughs> of, my take is I prefer definitely a missions conference versus a missions month. Yeah. And, and you know, again, I, I guess, well. 50-50 on the podcast, right? But my, my take is uh, um, the Missions Conference as opposed to Missions Month as well. But you made a really great point, how it worked one year for your church and then the the next not so much or it didn't seem to work so much. You know, uh, what we did, um, I remember our very first Missions Conference, and it was a Wednesday through Sunday conference um, years ago now in Arizona. And there was so much excitement around it that people came, and I had in my heart that I really wanted to do a Sunday through Sunday conference. And I didn't do it that first year because we were just introducing Missions Conference. I thought it was going to be too much for the church. And I had people say, hey, that was so great. Could we do it longer? And so for the next year, we scheduled a Sunday through Sunday. And it was great. And we had a tremendous conference, and the Lord blessed that. And we did it a second year after that, the Sunday through Sunday. And I took a step back and I looked and I thought, I'm killing my people here. They're, they're tired. They're fatigued. They want to be excited about missions, but sooner or later, this is going to wear on them. And so we pulled back and went back to that Wednesday through Sunday. And we did always a, a mid-year missions booster, which was a Friday, Saturday, Sunday conference as well. So every six months, we were emphasizing missions in a very specific way and putting that before the church. I, all that to say this, I think, you know, we have to recognize our churches are living bodies of people. And you have to, as the pastor, find out what is going to work best 
for this congregation that God has called me to lead and be sensitive to uh, not only your desires to want to get missions out there the best that you can, but how is it going to work best with with the people in the church? And that, that goes right down to the scheduling of the conference, whether it's going to be a Wednesday through Sunday, Sunday through Wednesday, month long even what month you hold it in Mm -hmm. and uh and you know how long are the services going to be because you have young families who have to get their kids up in the morning to go to church or to go to school rather uh the next morning if you're doing a wednesday through sunday or a sunday through wednesday and that's extra a load on them on those weeknights and so much needs to be considered there to make sure that uh that you give every opportunity for people to attend and then be ready for God to work in their hearts through the missions time. We've obviously said it many times already, the Sunday to Wednesday versus Wednesday to Sunday, and it may mm-hmm. just seem semantics in how we phrase our dates of the of the week. But I think it does have an impact on the conference yes. as well. I think mm-hmm. it's an important uh, detail that has to be considered mm-hmm. because— if you start a Sunday through Wednesday, it's almost like your Sunday morning service would be your kickoff service, I mm-hmm. guess of you would say, of that missions conference. So it's sort of like, all right, obviously Sunday's the biggest attended service. Sunday mm-hmm. morning service would be your biggest attended service. And so you get everyone there. You hope for that you know, grand entrance to the conference right. and that people catch the spark and of missions. Sticks. And then come Sunday night and then... Come Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday would be that right. finale. That really does create a different spirit somehow mm-hmm. compared to when you start a Wednesday missions conference. Yeah. And then you have, you know, obviously Wednesday, a midweek service, not not traditionally not going to be as well attended as a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So you start there and then it kind of build. And then usually on Sunday, that Sunday morning, after the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if they do a Saturday services, then that Sunday is sort of like the grand finale. Mm-hmm. So you've already spent a lot of time talking about missions. You've already spent a lot of time talking about the need and maybe the giving towards and so on and so forth. And so that Sunday service then becomes a, a time of maybe collecting faith promise cards or whatever they're going to do to kind of be the finale mm-hmm. well it's a there's a whole different vibe that comes with the finale versus the start yes so yeah. there's something just to consider it's mm-hmm. not just oh let's just do sunday to wednesday well there's things factors that should be considered in it what right. are you shooting for what are you building towards mm-hmm. what's the culmination of it if you're doing faith promise cards like many churches do or grace giving cards or however they're going to emphasize their giving well are you building to that point well then mm-hmm. you may want to do a wednesday through sunday right yeah, absolutely. That's it's something to consider. Um, definitely a different feel, a, di- a different type of atmosphere uh, from a Wednesday to Sunday as opposed to a Sunday through Wednesday conference. Um, along with that is the other question, who's going to preach that conference? Is it going to be uh, the missionaries that we have invited and each one gets a night to preach? Or do we have those missionaries in and bring in a keynote speaker as well and and then who is that keynote speaker and um is it just somebody or is it somebody who's directly related to missions as well um when i say just somebody that i don't want to say that you know there's only missions people can preach missions conferences that's not my implication or you should never have a pastor I, i had local church pastors preach my missions conference um some people use evangelists uh, in the end, we 
decided it was best for our church to have a keynote speaker who had been directly related to missions work for most of their ministry experience. And mostly because you can preach on and speak about and relate to people what you know most about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can't I can't tell anybody how to uh, fill a cavity in their tooth. I go to the dentist for that. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. It does make a difference. When you have, I think another thing, if you have a keynote speaker, if you go that route, then also you have maybe some kind of consistency and build up in mm-hmm. your the sermons yes. that are preached. Because obviously, if you have one speaker, he he knows what he what main point of emphasis he's right. going to have each night, and they're all going to have a connection, hopefully, or a tie. Right. But if you have a different missionary each night, mm-hmm. then you. In a sense, you don't have a consistency. Now, they can sure. do a great job. I've been at missions conferences yeah. where there's been a different speaker every night. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. The Lord has used it. It's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's been great. But you, you just don't have that build uh, that right. may come mm-hmm. with a consistent voice. I, I know that there are some that absolutely love using the missionaries. You know, they want to hear their heart as they preach. And mm-hmm. since they're going to be preaching on the field, it's like, well, let's see how they're going to do. If we're going to partner with them, we want to mm-hmm. we want to see that God God's power is upon them in their speaking. They got mm-hmm. some ability to communicate the word of God. I know there there is a stereotype, and I think it's it's wrong, but I know it's there, and and obviously it's, there has to be some reasons for it because they've seen it's been happening that sometimes it's like missionaries can't preach. <laughs> You know, like, oh, they're just using deputation as their, um, you know, their trial and error of preaching. And so because of that, some people are like, well, we're not going to let those missionaries get up and preach each night. Uh, we're going to use a speaker mm-hmm. who's more experienced in, in pulpiteering and mm-hmm. things of that nature. I, if God's laid on man's heart, we have, we, I think we, you know, you have to understand that God can use anyone to communicate right. his truth. And, and it, yes, I'd much rather listen to a polished better speaker, hmm. but that doesn't negate that God can use even a kind of rough speaker <laughs> because God can work through anyone. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. It's just something um, to consider. Yeah, and, and that's another topic that, that really you don't just make the decision, well, I'll just do it this way. Something you pray over. Uh, as we speak about the, the keynote speaker versus the different uh, missionaries, Obviously, if we've prayed over this and we're using different missionaries, God can put it on those individual hearts of those different people who are going to preach each night to bring together something that almost seems like it was a series and almost like they planned it. And mm-hmm. I've seen that time and time again. Absolutely. Um, so that's really dependent upon the missionaries being prepared. That's the next episode, and we'll talk about that. Um, but, you know, going back to building, um, most pastors that I know and have been acquainted with, we preach series a lot. And not just because, well, it's easy to preach a series, but because there's so much you can give to people and you can build to a point, so on and so forth. And a keynote speaker that is prepared and is used to preaching missions conferences is going to come in with usually maybe not a series from the same passage, but it's going to have a common theme and it's going to build. 
you know, God can use that in a really great way also. So there's a lot of things to consider just on who's going to have time. Maybe you want to do it this way. We've done some different things. We didn't always have, okay, it's missions conference. Some things were the same. We did, we decided that um, Wednesday through Sunday was what worked best for our church. We decided that a keynote speaker who had missions background worked best. But sometimes we would say, you know what, we can manipulate our services in such a way so that we can maybe take away a song or two during the song service, which affords a missionary a little bit more time to even maybe open up the Word of God. And you say to him, hey, look, you're not going to be able to preach a whole half hour here or whatever the case might be or longer, but we would like you to bring a devotional thought from the Word of God on the topic of missions And you can give them in that service maybe even 10, 15 minutes to do that. And then your keynote speaker can still come and preach and you still get out in a decent time if you're really careful about structuring your service, making it move along and just planning in advance. And there's that's I think one of the things that we don't maybe consider about missions conference other than a lot of times we threw it on the calendar and, oh, wow, it's missions week. What are we going to do? it's it's a it's a conference that I think really needs probably a whole year's worth of planning and building up to so that you're very prepared. And once you start doing them, it maybe doesn't take that whole year, but it, it's going to take a lot of work to find out what works for that local church and for the people and what is the best environment that allows God to use that time in a way that you see tremendous fruit come out of it. And, and that's the goal. Yeah, I think planning is the second most critical thing compared to prayer. Prayer, again, to reemphasize that, prayer is number one, but planning is number two. You and I, you know, I we can chuckle about this because we get phone calls here at the BI My Home office that a pastor will say, hey, we have a missions conference in three weeks. Can you get us some missionaries? Mm. Well, boy, you think, man, that's kind of late to be planning to try to get some missionaries because missionaries usually have their schedules booked way ahead of time in mm-hmm. advance. But I think when it comes to planning, it's also do you want to have a certain uh, uh, kind of field representation? Maybe you want to emphasize, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people emphasize, hey, let's do the 1040 window or let's do countries of Europe or let's do um, Spanish-speaking nations or, mm-hmm. or let's just do places that we don't have a missionary and, mm-hmm. and there could be just a total uh, potpourri of missionaries mm-hmm. of where they're going to. Yeah. But that also creates then a whole different you know mindset to that missions conference yeah. because if you have people going to the 1040 window, well, that's obviously going to be the emphasis. Mm-hmm. You're going to be directing the hearts of your congregation to that, and they're going to become more aware of that. And, and hopefully that then may be something that sparks even beyond the conclusion of the missions conference itself. If you put a certain focus on a people group or a certain language speaking group or or whatever it may be, or just kind of the scattershot, hey, we have someone from this country and that country and another country that have mm-hmm. no connection whatsoever— that's totally fine, too, mm-hmm. but it has a different feel to it. Yeah. So there is just the necessity, I think, of just planning. Yeah. What are we em- emphasizing this year? Yeah, that and then also uh, as you talk about, you know, are we going to focus on a people group? Who's Who are these missionaries we're going to bring in? Are they going to be all brand new missionaries going to the field for the very first time? You're going to bring in veteran missionaries. Are you going to mm-hmm. have a mix of those? For us, we found out that 
a mix of veteran missionaries alongside of those brand new missionaries going to go to the field for the first time was the most effective for our church. Uh, as we speak about the planning and we speak about the praying and the preparation and all that, we mentioned just a few moments ago about getting that phone call and uh, missions and conference in three weeks and looking for missionaries. Sometimes that is actually the result of planning and praying. I'll give you an example just really quickly. There's a pastor in Tennessee, and I was part of his missions conference over 20 years ago. And I, I, I remember sending him my information and sending the church the information. And I never heard anything, never got any follow-up or anything. And literally two weeks before missions conference, I got an email from the church. The conference was a Sunday through Sunday conference. And it was an invitation to attend this conference. And I thought, Okay, I'd love to attend, but I think that's probably a mistake because over 20 years ago, you didn't really come into Sunday through Sunday conferences. Mm -hmm. They're kind of unusual even today. So I called the church and I spoke with the secretary and I said, hey, I have this invitation. We would love to come. And we actually have those two dates open. And so, but is it really a Sunday through Sunday? And she said, oh, it is a Sunday through Sunday. And if you attend our conference, you have to attend the whole thing. And she said, and you don't want to miss our conference. (laughs) And so I thought, okay, well, we've got these dates open. Well, after being at the conference for a couple days and speaking with the pastor, I found out what he does is he literally will gather all the information that he gets through the year pray over that, and he doesn't make his decision on who he's going to invite until about two weeks out. Wow. He's been he's been planning, he's been praying, and his thought on it was simply this. He said, look it, I have prayed over these people that we have invited. If I got it right, and I was right with God on this, they will have it open in their calendar. They will be able to attend. And you know what? It's worked for them for over 20 years. Wow. And, but not everybody who invites somebody last minute hasn't been praying and planning. This guy, and, and I'm telling you what, this was a conference you didn't want to miss. It was a <laughs> tremendous conference. My family and I still, over 20 years later, still talk about that missions conference, how well planned and orchestrated it was, how God worked in a just a tremendous way. It was one of the most amazing weeks that we've ever been in church in our entire lives. It was just amazing what God did. But really it was going back to that church and that pastor, they had spent a year praying and planning. Mm. Well, I I would have to say that probably that story is maybe not the norm though. <laughs> maybe <laughs> not, I, but it worked. <laughs> it, but it works. And that's well that's the cool thing about it all though, is that every church can do with it what fits their situation. Mm-hmm. Even as we talk about what to do and questions to consider. Well, what works for a church this year, they may want to switch it up next year. Mm-hmm. We say this often in, in our episodes, cookie cutter typically doesn't work. Right. And so I think it's even good for a pastor as they consider their missions conference for the new year or future years, not just to go, well, we always do Sunday through Wednesday. Right. So let's just plan it that way. Or let's mm-hmm. always do uh, a keynote speaker. Mm-hmm. really just prayerfully considering, God, what should we do? Because there are different things that come out of all of these decisions that we've talked right. about. There's different feels, there's different vibes, there's different results. There's all of these things happen. And so it is healthy, I think, for a church not just to, well, this is how we always do right, it, but right. truly just to mm-hmm. consider, okay, we may go back and do the same thing we've done for the last five years, but let's not just 
automatically assume that's what we're doing. Let's really prayerfully consider what works for us this year. And let the yeah, Holy Spirit guide. Absolutely. Well, there's so much more we could talk about, even from the pastor's perspective, on what makes a great missions conference. Hopefully some of these ideas have been a help to you and will be a help as you plan your missions conference, even maybe for the year coming or so. And uh, we look forward to our next episode where we'll speak from the missionary perspective on how to you, you know, do your part as a missionary to see God use that missions conference and see a great missions conference as a result. Uh, but until next time, we hope you have a great week in the Lord. Thanks for joining us. You can connect with us at uh, BIMI.org and look at our media page there. You can email us. Our email information will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening this week and God bless you.